everybody. Welcome to Improv FAQ at Length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we are live streaming. Ooh. Which so <laughs> our uh, our topic for the for this episode uh, that we're going to start with is going to be scene mapping. Um, but before we get to that, uh, we just want to make some housekeeping announcements because Bob and I, uh, <laughs> since April or May, starting to record these episodes and everything, have slowly but surely figured out a, a schedule that works for us in um, recording episodes and also releasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we actually have a lot going on, so. Um, well, I think we're going to steady out over the next, uh, couple months through the end of the year, hopefully. But now that yeah. we're doing that, we just want to lay out what our schedule is going to be for people to more right. easily follow the content. Because for those who haven't been guests on our show, there was a point where, where someone would come on and like, yeah, this will be up in six weeks because <laughs> we're that yeah we're that far ahead <laughs> yeah and and then we got too far ahead and we released a streak of uh I think it was like sixteen or seventeen episodes in a row yeah every day for seventeen days just to get reasonably caught up with ourselves right um okay so here here's here's what the game plan is going to be right now. Uh, we are intending to record live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, we might do that with a guest. We might do anything from a normal uh, topic-based episode with a guest. Uh, we might do a topic-based based episode with just me and Bob. Um, and we might do a show-and-tell episode. Um, typically, if it's just going to be me and Bob, we will lead with a topic and just to get the conversation started and... As people join the live stream, um, we will invite and encourage anyone watching to chime in with com- uh, with questions, whether it be on the topic that we start with or anything else in the improv world, and uh, just just go from there. So, that being said, yeah. once we start talking about scene mapping, feel free to uh, chime in with with questions and comments on the uh, Facebook and YouTube threads. Um, you can, and then also. Once we feel like we've had our fill of talking with about scene mapping, we'll also answer any other questions you have about improv that might be on your Absolutely. mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that we didn't have to, the, the questions didn't have to be on a topic of what we, we whatever we started with. Uh, because, yeah, the whole premise of the show is a conversation at the bar. And you know, those don't keep on track the entire time. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, and and we're live, so so we would rather have engagement and uh, right. focus on focus on that. So don't feel like you're derailing the conversation by asking an off-topic question. Um, okay. The other thing is that that we have a, a pretty cool announcement. Um, I've taken a long hiatus from doing the lecture episodes, um, which are just me stand and deliver on a uh, to to a camera vlog style. Um, uh, you can find those on our YouTube channel if you haven't seen them. And uh, I think the last one I did was released in April. Uh, and then we launched the At Length series. But I just recently recorded a, a, a 10 new episodes for the lecture series. And uh, we're going to start releasing those soon. Um, I can't give you the, date, the exact date right now because, again, we're just trying to steady things out. 
but uh, the releases will come soon. What I can tell you is that tomorrow, um, if you are an Instagram person uh, over Facebook or anything else, um, tomorrow, Monday, the IGTV will have all uh, on the Improv FAQ account will have all of the lecture episodes that have been released so far. So if you're interested in checking out the lecture style episodes on Instagram, all that content will be available uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, everything that's been released so far. And I think it's like 17 episodes. So it, so it's a decent chunk of, of uh, episodes. Yeah. I like content. Yeah. And um, and that's it. Once we, once we have a schedule for... Oh, oh no, it's not. <laughs> also... <laughs> We we have the podcast version, which we have right. also uh, gotten caught up with ourselves in very broad strokes with. Right. <laughs> releasing like 10 episodes at a time. <laughs> and then eventually, like, what was the last one that got us like absolutely caught up was like 18 or 20 episodes. Yeah, yeah. So for that's anybody awesome. who's... <laughs> If you, I I think uh, like the podcast episodes, I think we're at like episode forty seven or forty eight. But on YouTube, we have yeah. over fifty episodes, so <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy how much content we've generated in the, in the past um, uh, five months. Well, we're just two dudes locked in a room. What else are we gonna do? <laughs> right. Um, so the podcast episodes are caught up. Uh, they're they're current with everything that we feel uh, fit the audio uh, format. Not everything yeah. is on there, so there's like bonus episodes or uh, extra episodes on, or even like time sensitive uh, episodes on on YouTube. Yeah. But all, for all example, the ones... we're not doing the the run for laughs episode on the podcast because that yeah we we hosted that the day before run for laughs, so you know it's no yeah. longer <laughs> relevant. Totally. Um, but the, those those episodes will be released on uh, Tuesday and Friday. Um, the Tuesday episodes, in theory, are going to be the, the audio recordings of our live episodes. So if you can't catch the live stream and uh, you don't want to track it down on Facebook and YouTube, uh, we should right. have start getting caught up with those live audio episodes uh, as well. Um, and then Fridays is when we will release the video episodes that have been pre-recorded, and we'll release those on uh, Facebook and YouTube as videos, uh, and also the audio episode that matches the most current release every Friday. So still releasing a lot of content, but that's yes, the yes. We should probably put up a chart or something because yeah, I, I know we're confused. I, I can imagine someone watching this like, wow. So every day there's something new, pretty yep. much. Yeah, yeah. Pretty so much. it's it's. Right now, until the lecture episode starting getting released, and we throw that into the mix. Right now, it is Sunday 1 p.m. live stream, Tuesdays podcast only releases of old live episodes, and then Fridays the newest episode of pre-recorded video and podcast episodes. So, yeah, hopefully that helps anybody who's uh, just looking at what we're what we're doing and being like, what the fuck. Is is the yeah, program here. I'll, I'll have Natalie make a chart. That's that seems to be easier. Please. Not Pete, because then then we'll all get confused. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay, so that's it for the housekeeping stuff. Um right. let's get into our conversation for this episode. We're gonna start with okay. the concept of scene mapping. Once again, yeah. if uh, you have questions um related to the conversation as we go, feel free to chime in with them. If you have any questions about improv unrelated to scene mapping, 
also drop those in the comments and uh, we will talk about those um, in the second half of our recording today. Um, okay, scene mapping. Let's talk about it. Um, here, yeah. here's, here's what the concept of scene mapping is. Uh, taking uh, elements of one scene or one idea, um, one event, and um, treating them as, as analogous uh, to another scene. So um, it might be something like, uh, uh, let's let's say from one scene to another, like like uh, that that if you're if you're uh, lost in the woods trying to find your car and you get attacked by a bear, you know you might take that same idea and uh, you, you might be lost in the corridors of uh, a high school trying to find your homeroom and. Right. You get attacked by the superintendent, like who sent you to, to detention. But um, you would act as if the superintendent was as scary to you as the bear is to the guy being chased by the bear. Yeah, yeah. So you can hit these these elements. The the other way you can do it is is like kind of uh, real life events, like um, you know, uh, mapping. It's, it's it's used a lot in satire. Um, yes. So it might be something like um, using. Uh, you know, dating uh, as analogous to uh, shopping for a new car Um, and like uh, spending time getting to know the car and like feeling around like what's it like to um, park with it. (laughs) Um, So it's it's basically guy is to girl as other guy is to car. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's it's, it's the SAT question of improv and i would say the easiest example of it and a short form game we've we've all played is uh we we've done something like uh director's choice or um uh where we or anytime we we are doing a scene and then we change the style of the scene so oh you did this i forgot oh changing channels uh so oh, yeah. when you're playing something like changing channels and now doing the style of a romantic comedy or doing the style of a, uh, take a romantic comedy and doing the style of horror so you're using that kind of dialogue, that 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 style that people are familiar with, and applying it to something that you, you usually wouldn't find in that 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 style, right? Uh, but you try to make the connections, like uh, character want, um, emotional uh, reaction, you know, uh, status, and all those other elements, and just try to apply the one style onto the scene you're performing. Uh, yes, and. I, I so here's here's the thing for me, like uh, it, it's it's super useful. It's also like th- I think there's a spectrum of it. You know, there's like um, because uh, there's something as simple as like yeah. the idea of as if or as though, where you're like yeah. um, treat uh, treat the idea of ripping your you ripped your jeans in a scene or or, or you know right. they, they came out damaged in the laundry, um, and uh, treat that. As though you just um, uh, some you just your dog just got run over, you know. Right. Um, with, treat it with the same motion. Think about it in 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 that way, uh, and then just direct those emotions for one thing onto another uh, thing. And that 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 to me is like is like probably one of the most like basic or elemental kinds of scene mapping. It's just like oh, redirecting. Yeah an emotion that makes sense in one scenario and then putting it onto a, a different scenario that doesn't make 
as much sense or makes and it I interesting? I think that's one that people use just common in day-to-day conversation. Oh, did you see so-and-so? He was overacting. He was act- acting as if blank happened. Yes. You know, and it's a way to connect people and, and to show you the the emotional weight or, you know, or the, the absurdity of, of the emotional weight that someone was experiencing when it was a smaller event. And that's usually what it is, taking something big and applying it to something small. And the, the contrast is where the comedy happens. Yeah, so it's a ni- it's a nice comedic tool for uh, juxtaposition Absolutely. or uh, analogous uh, comedy, um, and, and then uh, it, it can also be interesting to um, you know make connections with like if, if you're doing a herald or uh, a montage and you have the opportunity to be like um, uh, uh, I think you've brought this example up before, Bob, where like uh, may- maybe maybe if your show is working on thematics. And um, if you either get the suggestion of like breakups or like parting ways or that be that kind of stuff just becomes the theme, then maybe you have like one scene in the show that's like um, a, a divorce uh, uh, between a couple. And then later in the show, you take all the little details that happen in that scene and the, the beats of it um, yeah. and then apply it to like a, a scene where you're getting fired. Um, yeah. Or, uh, or, you know, uh, then uh, in the next part of the yeah. show, you do like uh, a, uh, a duet um, breaking up and doing solo projects. Uh, yeah. You know, then, then, then the, the way that that becomes really clear to the audience and um, interesting uh, and valuable to the show is that you kind of show the, the things that are, that are the same. Uh, and recognizable, relatable in each of those, um, and you just explore the idea of like, isn't it? Isn't it funny how how consistent this feeling is or this dynamic is in Throughout these different life. situations? Yeah. Um, and and exploring them through scene mapping is a really yeah. special way to uh, to do that. And another thing that helps a lot is applying tropes from a, another genre or or whatever you're whatever you're mapping onto your scene and using them uh, in unusual but applicable ways. Uh, so I, I really liked, um, uh, like you said, the the breaking up, if you're using the dialogue you would use when breaking up with somebody, but you're doing a scene about someone firing someone. Uh, what I First, what I like for that example is, you know, and maybe in an, an every, everyday life, you know, if your boss doesn't know you that well, he, I'm sure us being humans, he might care, but or she might care. They might care. Uh, but in, in when you're applying uh, an emotional breakup, like then that boss really cares. Like, oh, I'm am sorry, I gotta let you go. It's not you, it's us. We we have to downsize. We just, you know, it, it's not like we don't care. It's just we just can't. You know, yeah. Maybe maybe we can get the if we get bigger, we can bring you back sometime. You know, yeah. You know, the, yeah. Yeah, so so it can, it can be it can be kind of interesting to use as a tool of like, um, wouldn't it be interesting if we did things differently? What if we had more empathy in a firing right. situation, or what if we were more callous in breaking up with people? Yeah. Um, uh, or 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 it can be like we, we like we mentioned earlier. Um, it can be about like pointing out like, well, um, these t- having uh, heavier emotions in this situation makes sense. 
yet we get really pissed off when um you know our favorite football team loses like how right. silly is it which one is more serious and and yet we treat them with the same or like imbalanced stakes you know yeah um matt says uh he doesn't have any questions but he just wants to say your lighting makes um him at you you ashen <laughs> uh but uh, we're coming up on on october so uh, uh yeah, I'm an uncut ghoulish. jewel. I'm an uncut gem. <laughs> yeah, I could turn it. I could turn it up. That'd be. Look, I, I think it lights. looks. I think it looks intense. Uh, I, I got. <laughs> um, I got. I got some air lights, Wixom. I, I'll light this up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's the tool, and um, one thing I want to talk about is just like, uh, how do you use it, like, um. When do you find yourself using it? Because I, I I feel like I, there's not really I feel like I've seen it done in heralds and montages like right. uh, and I would guess heralds uh, that that use this technique might do it a little bit more uh, on purpose of like um you know instead of following a character from uh, the first to second to third beat of a herald um. And seeing them in different relationships or whatever or si- right. situations, uh, you might just take the concept. If if that was the most inter- interesting thing in the first beat, one of the first scenes of a herald um, is like the behavior in this situation. Um, then uh, you might just drop those characters and the situation and just take the dynamics right. of that event and um, explore it in the second beat. So I've seen that before. And I've yeah. seen it happen like kind of coincidentally or just like present itself in a, in a montage. But like, do, are there, are there particular times when you have made a point to do scene mapping, Bob? Yes. When, if we're doing something like we're trying to make connections or, or establish patterns, uh, I'll try to do, either try to scene map the relationship from the previous scene, if if it's all being connected, like when we we're doing secret secrets, was a really great time to do something like that, uh, because you want you we have this weird family dynamic. So uh, if someone play is someone playing my older brother and is you know rude to me, but I'm nice to them, maybe I'm rude to my younger brother and and he's nice to me. You know, it's just trying to trying to establish like that's a pattern or you know. Uh, yeah. Or just, a, you know, if something comes up and I, I guess it, it, most of the time it happens organically. If I notice that I, I'm doing a trope and I just want to just start applying more of those tropes from that world onto whatever scene I'm doing. I think that's the most common version I do. Or I think the scene that we did uh, in Javelin when when we were playing, when we opened for those kids and and we were talking about like talk, when I want to talk about something inappropriate, but but use wait, 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 appropriate wait, wait. terminology and apply it to that situation. When we open for those kids, <laughs> yeah, we were uh, not well. They're kids to me. They were like twenty. Um, of uh, social yeah. nerd. We uh, we were doing the I think maybe it was a bits tournament or something I can't oh. remember. <laughs> I, I and we did a, a bits really tournament inter- and we were competing and you just called it opening for those kids. <laughs> opening for those. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think I think I think um. <laughs> I, I think it might yeah, have been a, 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 a I tournament. I think we had like a, a like a whole safe sex 
discussion, but we we didn't mention sex. We didn't because their families and stuff were out in the audience. But yeah, everybody oh, yeah, knew yeah. what we we're talking about. It, it's it's very much like the Seinfeld, like uh, master of their own domain. Yes, I I love those moments. Uh, Seinfeld does a lot of mapping because they want to talk about you know in a pro, uh, that version of mapping the the satire like this is to this you know yeah. as this is to this. So yeah, I get, you don't like let's have a contest who can hold out longer and be the master of their domain without, you know. Yeah. Okay. So so that's interesting. That that kind of gets back to the spectrum and um, yeah. uh, I, and I definitely want to talk about it because I want I want to kind of like uh, pick apart what what types of scene mapping and and I don't know. Uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a second. What, this so so just to be a little bit more uh, use a practical example of um, what I think of when I think of scene mapping. Like specifically, I usually think of um, uh, what you what you said is like the motifs and the genre and and whatnot. Right. And um, uh, we had in a um, we were doing a uh, I almost said dark matter um, name this show. Excuse me. Um, we we uh, we did a name this show. And um, it was a big cast, and we had this crazy scene. Two people were sitting um, on stage in in stage chairs, um, Mm -hmm. and um, it was like a beat before anybody said anything, and somebody did the uh, like Western whistle of like, uh, yeah, um, and 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 tumbleweed thing, yeah. And then it became, um, and th- and then somebody came on and was like was like a saloon uh, waitress and delivered drinks, and then the two guys were playing poker, and and then there was a shootout, and then uh, somebody like the the janitor came through and was like um, cleaning up the mess of broken bo- bottles. Somebody came out of a sewer grate or something, uh, or like a like a, a trap door hatch, uh, up and said something, and then um, and then the duel. Uh, somebody got shot, and then uh, we took that to an ambulance. And um, uh, I remember me and Joe Hingleberg. Uh, he was he was driving the ambulance, and I was in the back, uh, trying to uh, stitch up the or uh, uh, patch up the patient, bandage up the patient, um, get them to the hospital. And then um, a, a few scenes went by, and then um, uh, somebody somebody. Same same sort of thing happened where two people were sitting on on stage, and um, one person. The only difference was that one person was smoking a cigarette uh, as their starting stance, but they hadn't said anything. And uh, somebody did that whistle again. Yeah. Um, and then be, uh, the per- whoever was smoking a cigarette, I'm pretty sure, was the one that turned it into a French thing. So they were like, so, so then everybody had a French accent. The waitress came on uh, and and was delivering uh, French <laughs> drinks, uh, and um, same scene, just with French accent. And then I think we turned the um, the whistle in, into like uh, like you know, and then and then it ended with like uh, Joe. In the ambulance, me and Joe back in the ambulance, and Joe goes, Le wee, wee, wee. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but awesome. so, so we just, we just, we took the same scene and, and made it, and made it French, right? So we, we, that, yeah. we, you, we used scene mapping to play around with genre. Um, yes. and, uh, that's not always the case, but like kind of, kind of hitting yeah. the same beats, um, with this new twist, 
Um, that's yeah. what I think of when I think of scene mapping and long form uh, improv. Yeah. Well, I've also seen the version where in a Herald, what, in scene A, you know, they do the scene A, and then scene um, scene B, they come out and do the same object work as scene A, but different location, different characters, different scene, but they're using uh, the landscape as the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then scene, scene C, same thing. Uh Totally the same layout, but you know, like uh, in scene A, this might be a computer. Uh, scene B, this might be someone massaging a cat. Scene C, this might be someone doing a spell, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Play, play, basically yeah. playing, oh yeah, with the entire uh, room that they created. Yeah. So let, uh, we got a question from uh, Sue here. Hi, Sue. Yeah, Thanks Sue. for tuning in. Sue. So good to see you. Um, so. Sue says this technique seems to identify common patterns in human relations and then throwing in juxtaposition and absurdity uh, is part of the appeal, giving the audience the satisfaction of seeing patterns. Um, and yeah, I think absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I th and again, I think that, that, that you like, what is the commentary about those, those patterns um, will change. Right. Like, again, for us, we, d we didn't really make a commentary about like um, what it's like to get into a duel in some, restaurant when you're French or in an old Western, we're really just playing with, with, with genre. Uh, and so really the patterns that you're seeing is, is just like, um, uh, motifs and tropes, uh, in, right. in genre and, and blending them together. Um, other times it's going to be about, uh, commentary on human behavior. And I think at its best, um, scene mapping is, is about, uh, pointing to our, the, the inescapable habits of being human, um, or the hypocrisies, like like you said, Bob, of of uh, having the same relationship in one situation uh, and then turning around, and even though you don't like the dynamic in in your one type of relationship, um, you know, flipping it and doing the same thing, uh, or changing it, you know, like learning from it. Th th those are those are definitely the best kinds of commentary right. that that come from scene mapping. The one thing I'll say about it is that um, I think rarely. Uh, do as an improviser uh do you or should you think ahead of time about the exact takeaway or message you're trying to send oh, with with you scene should mapping. discover that 100 percent. i'm sorry I, I stepped on your last line i was like i agree i know where you're going and i <laughs> completely fucking agree yes sir yes, yes yeah yes, yes. so I, th I think even though those are the takeaways um as sue points out um no. I, th I think that 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 what's interesting well, about it uh as a lot of improv tools are is is that like you just kind of explore it because it's interesting and then there's something in the patterns that like after the fact you can kind of look at and be like man what was that about or why why was that so interesting yeah. or like why why was it fun to chase that down and what was it that really right. hit and and another element that we we kind of brushed uh, upon it makes it the scene relatable and i think that's what's you know and using elements that, that people can relate to or people are familiar with, I think that's what patterns are so gratifying. It's like, oh, I'm familiar with this thing already. I feel at ease. It, it, it breaks the tension just a little bit because they're they're already a little bit more on board than they were a couple seconds ago because, oh, we've kind of already seen this or this is something in my life I can connect to. Uh, yeah. And and I, I think we talked about this in the fuck world um, episode, but I, I call it my, my Pixar theory. Like if you're going to – if you're going to create this – big elaborate 
crazy awesome world, you have to map something onto it that's relatable. That that kind of puts it into that that dips the toe into reality that makes it that there, that allows the audience to connect to the story in some sort of way. Um, and you'll see that uh, like like Pixar, you, you know, uh, if, you, if you take sto- Toy Story. The, the concept of living toys is is crazy and, and big and it's fun, but they have real human emotions and real relationships and and they have jealousy and stuff that we can relate to even if we want to deny it. like that's a basic human trait. It, they they all have them in some form, but they're they're uh, um, adjusted to fit into what the reality of uh, a toy would be. Yeah. 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 The. <laughs> Especially the potato head uh, situation, I think, I think is uh, is always the great. potato head situation. Yeah, I want to start a trip with you. It's called the potato head situation. <laughs> well, I don't know. J- just just being like, okay, what is it like to to have human emotions for a Mister Potato Head, and then right. being like, oh well, he's got to physically move move his parts of his body <laughs> yeah, yeah, due to the... let the world know how he feels. Yes, exactly. Um. I kind of would like that. Like, if that was something we had to do as humans to show, like, because then there wouldn't be like any BS. Like, you know, I'm mad because I'm taking the time to show you my mad face. Yeah, that that's that's a line you had to cross. Yeah, you do you did it on purpose. It's like, <laughs> um, I'd get in a lot more auto accidents because I've been just where's my pissed off face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where's, where's that? Where's the arm that has the middle finger on it? Yeah. Um. Okay, so th- this is this is my question for just kind of like um, consideration because ag- again, I think um, scene mapping has a spectrum. I, th- I think that th- that the more um, details and uh, checkpoints you hit about a scene, the more to me it's called scene mapping because 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 right. it's like you, you that that's what the map is, right? You have these landmarks, these recognizable features, and you're kind of like taking. Um, the uh, the blueprint of that and placing it onto uh, a different backdrop. Um, so uh, that, but that, but I still think like there's little tiny things that we're talking about that are that are kind of like mapping or analogous that that are still in scene mapping. And and yeah. my more general question is like, uh, it's like the ship um, thought experiment where you're like, if you have a ship and you have to replace like. Uh, you know, a couple floorboards and then you have to replace the mast and then you have to replace the cabin. And it's like, how much can you replace about the ship and have it still be the same ship? When is it a new ship? Right. So like, like, what do you think about like, I don't know. um, How much, how much do you have to change about the scene to play around with it versus, or how much do you have to keep the same to, 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 to even see the connection. You know what I mean? Like, like if, right. if I'm an audience, you might be seen mapping in your head, but if it's not clear to the well, audience, it's losing its, um, yeah. the point of it. Right. So like, how much do you have to keep the same in order to, uh, ma- make it clear that, that you are scene mapping? Well, do you have to make it clear that you're scene mapping? Cause it might just be a tool for you to make decisions as to what your character does it doesn't necessarily mean have to have to be a tool for a presentation um yeah 
Well, yeah. so, so I guess that, that's 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 what I'm proposing is that um, maybe that 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 is a good way to, to like have the two sides of it is that like there's there's the internal scene mapping that's right. helpful as an actor and a comedian um, yes. to kind of like play with the world, but then there's there's the external scene mapping of everybody seeing that you are uh, making a translation from one scene in, in, into the next. Sorry, I just read Matt Wixom's comment. Well played, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the improv talk one? Yeah. Matt comes for the improv talk and stays for the Ship of Theseus uh, philosophical thought experiment. Um, is, mm -hmm. And thank you if, if uh, uh, yeah, I didn't know what the, what the name of that was. So Ship of Theseus. Um, <laughs> thank you for the uh, naming it, Matt. Uh, and then Sue also has a question, uh, another question or comment here. Um, she says it seems similar to when you play a huge, mean, angry villain. There has to be right. some vulnerability to anchor that character and allow empathy. Yeah, they talk about that in uh, Save the Cat. Almost every villain has a pet or a, a prized possession or a family member or something, some kind of, you have to be vulnerable to be relatable. You know, like, like Thanos, he cares so much that he's doing the wrong thing. That That's why he's an interesting character, because he doesn't know he's doing wrong. He thinks he's doing what's best for everybody. And that as soon as it's done, as soon as he does the snap, you know, that's why he stops after the snap. He's like, hey, I did, I did what I had to do. You're welcome. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I I agree with with like uh, villains needing vulnerability and a flaw to um, allow uh, empathy or, or, or three dimensional character. Um, I so but but so so OK. And here's the example is, is that like if you are um, what is uh, what is what is Stannis's weakness? Like what are we calling his weakness here? Um, his, his uh, poor uh, unusual philosophy, I guess. Like he he thinks he's he's doing the right thing. I guess would be his flaw. Like uh, uh, if you you'd also could say his love for Gamora, you know. But yeah, he happens to have to kill her after end. So <laughs> yeah, like you know, spoiler. I mean, I mean, at, I mean, at the end of the day, like he's not just doing it to do it. So right. his his character has a lot more depth because I mean that's his vulnerability that, is is that yeah. he does he does care we see that he yeah. does care and um feels that he has to do what he what he needs to do nonetheless absolutely and I mean there can be an argument meant like there in some messed up warped way you know he has a point you know and yeah uh you. But it's it's a heightening of a basic concept of as a parent, sometimes you have to do something that your kids don't like, but you know it's in their best interest, and they might be mad at you for it, but you're gonna have to do it anyways because you care. Yeah. So so that's I mean okay. So we have examples there of like right. uh, if you were um, if you're if you find yourself playing a character in improv and you're like man I just seem really dark and right. evil. Um, then you might think to uh, a character like Thanos and be like, like, uh, oh, okay, I'm going to use that model. Excuse the New York sirens in the background, if you can hear those. Um, I'm going to use that Thanos model and be like, okay, I'm pretty cold and calculated, but I care 
um, right. about the consequences of what I'm doing. I just feel like I need to have to have to do it unless. So you can apply that to your character, or as as you gave as a second example, the parenting thing of like, um, it's it's a, uh, you know, it's what's best for you, and even though it doesn't um, make you happy, you feel like it's unfair, or unjust. You have to push through your your decision to do what you're doing because it you believe it's best for uh for things that that yep. to me that is internal scene mapping or internal mapping internal analogous and internal as if um using that as an acting tool um so so yeah, yeah i think i think i think that those that's that's how it can be applied uh if, if yeah. you're looking to, to use it um to kind of uh as as a quick reference point um to accomplish certain goals in uh the way you're doing characters or the way you're playing scenes um now the 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 scene mapping though that's where i really enjoy like, like or sorry the external scene mapping that's where i really enjoy playing with this with this kind of stuff um because uh Sometimes you just get the opportunity to um, kind of uh, play with the same situation over again, or um, I don't know. I, I just I remember one time Pete and I were doing a, a, a set, a duo set, and um, we just happened to to start one scene I was I was standing and and uh he was sitting with his uh legs crossed or something and it and it became like a uh um I, I can't remember what the scene was but but it maybe it was like a, a, a police chief and and a detective thing and um uh and then we did we did the scene and then later in the in the show um we happened we I just seemed to start in those same positions but reverse you know the opposite person was sitting with their legs crossed and the other person was standing and we didn't do any clever scene mapping we just repeated the same scene playing each other's roles um, right. and that was fun to me but i don't know if i would call that scene mapping because again like the ship of theseus like it's just the same ship like or, or like you know what i mean like it, how much of it are we really playing around with <laughs> Right. It's like a new paint job to the same ship or like I don't know. Yeah. You just you just took all the parts of the ship and um reversed them and now it's just the same ship pointed the other direction. Like how much are we really changing? Yeah, uh, you're just driving in reverse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so somewhere between those two things where where it's where it's like I I, th yeah. I think that's where really the, the sweet spot is of, of getting the most out of scene mapping is like it's a nice little tool um to use internally. Um, if you are um, looking for for acting tools um, yeah. and uh, comedy tools, um, and then on the other side, it's like we're not really just trying to repeat things for the sake of repeating things. Somewhere right. in between is like you, you kept enough about it uh, to make it recognizable, but you changed enough to use it as a comment on something else. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think my, I, I do think the the external version is my favorite as well. Uh, and it, I think this is a great choice. We we talk about make big, big bold choices, and we our job is to show a slice of life that people don't usually get to see. So if you ever find yourself stuck in a scene that does feel a little too familiar with you, a way to make it unfamiliar, relatable, but 
but different is to take elements from a different style and or a different you know or a different relationship and apply it to the norm because you know that's where the comedy comes from just showing something unusual that, that and that's what makes it more interesting so that, that's that's yeah. my approach I, I do enjoy doing that kind of the the external mapping yeah and we and we've talked about on here before just uh how important um juxtaposition is to to, to comedy because it's yeah. a question of like how do you keep things in the realm of comedy um mapping and and juxtaposition is is one of those great tools for um as a comedic device because uh um it having uh extraordinary characters in ordinary situations or ordinary characters in extraordinary situations, extraordinary situations. is one yeah. nice consistent way to um create comedy uh just yeah. flip the expectations of what's going on and the same thing goes with like not just like you know ordinary and extraordinary characters and situations but uh like you said um doing doing everything in a in a genre that makes sense except for like these one or two things um or doing everything normal except uh applying these one or two bits of genre so you you, you kind of have these like um uh accent points um right to mixing and, and treating them as if they're normal you know if you treat them as if they're part of the world it's unnormal for the audience but it's normal for the character that's fun too yeah we used to do um in in uh, the troupe legend has it which was improvised folk and fairy tales um you know we talked we used to have conversations about like what kind of suggestions should we be getting um to make sure that we stay in the realm of fairy tale and um we we had you know some answers to that for ourselves, but but the the most useful answer that we came up with was like, well, let's just make sure that whatever the suggestion is that we take or the elements that we introduce, that we treat them the way that you would treat them, the way that things in a fairy tale are treated. So if it's an iPad, you know, it's it's the uh, golden iPad of youth. Um, mm-hmm. The magic tablet that reaches all over the, yeah, the web yeah. of the world. And again, so that's kind of where you can like um, use scene mapping or analogous right. uh, tools to be like, oh, the, an iPad is like the mirror, mirror on the wall. It's it's like you you're looking at <laughs> whatever, like social media for answers, um, yeah. uh, self comparison or whatever. Um, that 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 can those, those can be really uh, nice comedic tools um okay what else about uh scene work or sorry uh scene mapping um were there other elements that you wanted to touch on bob well i i did like the like we talked about i forgot what the term is uh but we were talking about using um your environment and mapping those out and then applying different relationships within that environment and not necessarily it doesn't have to be like i talked about a b and c having the same environment but just in general like uh, again thinking about the elements you can change in the scene whether it's uh your emotion your relationship uh your location i think uh applying talking about the environmental work and how that can be fun would be interesting as well yeah you know that that's something that I've always thought of as, uh, or or the name that I use for it is landmarking. Um, there it is. Yeah. Ooh, and uh, 
Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Did you, did you uh, have your uh, phone almost fall? No, I, I hit the table when I grabbed my water. Like, oh. or was grabbing some water? <laughs> uh, landmarking just rocked your world. Mm-hmm. Um, Marking. <laughs> uh, so landmarking to me, uh, you know, usually it's it's a tool of um, returning to scenes to to like continue right. them, and it's like you know you can use it as like staging or activities once once you. Uh, return to distinct stagings and physicalities. Um, it 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 is a landmark to recognize the return of of a scene or a character. Um, but I yeah I think I think it's a great point that like yeah. that that can also be used as um, a uh, scene mapping tool of of like oh yeah. man I was just listening to uh, so. Uh, You've heard about how how popular the office is now as far as like it's kind of it's grown more. It was popular when it was on the air, but it's grown even more popular since it's, it's you know, been streaming like to the point where, you know, uh, I think Netflix was really it got really kicked in the ass when when they took it back and put it on Peacock or all these other things are going on. Like there was a big bidding war for it. And um, and they said, like, when it was on the air, it was somewhat of a college show, but it was. Yeah, people who actually worked at an office really got a kick out of it because it was something familiar with them. Oh, I work in an office. This takes place in the office. This is a heightened version of the hijinks and the bullshit that I have to deal with. Whoa. Um, but now, like, the the age demographic who are watching it currently are way, way younger. Like, we're talking early teens. Uh, and that's mostly to do because the situations that happen in office also can be relatable to people who are stuck going to school. Mm. You're stuck going to a location where you have to do, you know, work on a computer or, or uh, you know, whatever. Uh, you have someone who is, you're subordinate to who, who may or may not be fair or, you know, like yeah. Michael Scott could, could be a great, you know, if you took the same characteristics and put it into a teacher it would be a very entertaining teacher Someone who wants to be respected, powerful, but also loved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, j- <coughs> Excuse me. Any situation where you're just like waiting out the clock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and trying to kill time is Can't wait uh, for the weekend. Yeah. Know. Relatable to, to the office. Hey, um, when you get stuck working with somebody who's gross in the class, whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, and so and so, um, uh, let's hop back over to the to the landmarking conversation real quick because um, I think that you can use that for like transformative uh, uh, edits too. Where like, right. um, uh, if you have, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm trying to think of some uh, specific javelin uh, situations um, where we were using uh, uh, physical. Um, landmarking or transformations, but like, uh, you I know, believe in our last set we were doing we 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 initiated with because the uh, the suggestion was photosynthesis. Yeah, and we started off as as plants, so I think there was transitions between scenes. We we came back to the plants who were growing, and like, I don't know. It's hard to explain like a javelin set. Like we were doing something, but we were plants. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, we I, knew I, I, in a specific order, and you know. Yeah, 
you know, <laughs> okay. So, so the, I'll use this example just because I can think of it more, more clearly for the conversation. <laughs> um, but so I, I did, I did a, a, a set with, um, uh, Eric and Tim, uh, the three of us did a Presto Changeo set where, um, we had pot, we, we brought, brought a bunch of like tables and chairs onto, uh, the stage and we kind of piled them, uh, in the middle. And I think we were like, um, uh, I think we were like rioting in the scene, um, or something. And, and, uh, we just kept like playing around with, with the, the fact that we had these, these permanent things on stage. Right. Cause you can't just sweep that. You could, no. We balked at the opportunity because you have to strike them all. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason this is kind of a wonky example is because it's not about something we did. It's about something that I wish we had done after the fact, uh, because uh. because we put ourselves in a position of of having these uh, heavy items, physical items obstructing the, the center of the stage. Um, and uh, I, I did not edit because I was like, fuck, we can't just sweep these chairs and, and tables aren't going to magically disappear when we sweep right. at it. Um, so I got stuck, uh, feeling like we had to ride out, uh, the scene, which was fine. But like, after the fact, I wish that we, we had gone from like that into like a, a barricade situation, um, or like a, uh, a, a bonfire or like being on a Burning raft man, or, yeah. or climbing a mountain. <laughs> it's like, it's like you can, you can use the, the physical, um, qualities of the scene or the staging, right. uh, or, or the, or the physical stage that you're on, um, to uh, make these pivots from scene to scene, and uh, what again, whether or not that makes commentary on it is like for you to think about after the fact. And and since we didn't do it, uh, I don't have um, a story of how it turned out. But I can just imagine that that like if it's if it's rioting and then it's barricading, that like y you would you would after the fact be like, oh, it's interesting because um, it's about rebellion or. Uh, you know, putting up walls between you and, um, other people, um, or, or whatever, you know what I mean? You might be able to come yeah. up with, uh, things that are interesting about that. And, and it would have had more to do with the use of, uh, physical staging, um, than c the content of the scenes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is like, what else can we do with it? But it becomes a whole game, you know? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Totally, dude. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I think that uh, that yeah. covers all the points of interest to me in scene mapping that I can think of. Um, so uh, let's, uh, let's friggin' wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> Sounds good, man. <laughs> um, once again, you can... Check us out on, if you're watching this live stream, it's either on YouTube or Facebook. Um, but you can also find us now, starting tomorrow, um, we will have content available on even Instagram. Um, and uh, those will be the lecture episodes. Uh, we have more of those coming out soon, so uh, stay tuned. Make sure you're liking, following, subscribing to uh, everything Improv FAQ. Um, and uh, we will be doing these live streams every Sunday at 1 p.m. So join us to chime in with questions on the conversation. Thanks to Sue and Matt for uh, being here yeah. and chiming in. Uh, we appreciate it. And um, we'll catch you next time on Improv FAQ at length. Bye. Bye.